Hello and welcome to another episode of This Diet Life. I'm Kim Dunaway. So it's a new month and I spent the month of August doing another vegetarian experiment as I do once or twice a year. In February I went 24 days on a vegan or vegetarian diet. I can't remember what I did. The difference being vegetarian you're doing eggs and dairy. Vegan you're obviously not doing those things. But I didn't feel good, I was bloated, I was miserable in February, and I gained like five pounds in that short period of time, as I do every time I go on a vegetarian or vegan diet. So I attempted to do it again here in August, and this time I decided that I was not going to do any nuts. Nuts tend to be my downfall in any diet, but definitely on a vegan diet, they're a big crutch for me. and so. I knew if I was going to be successful, I had to cut that out. And I also limited the grains. I didn't go grain free, but I took out the grains that are typically more heavy in terms of the Ayurvedic diet. And so we haven't talked about the Ayurvedic diet here, and I'm definitely not an expert, but just kind of in a nutshell, people are a combination of three different types. There's a kapha type, pita type, and avada. And I have been typed twice, and I believe I've talked about on the podcast before, as avada. But I've been typed two different ways. One as avada pitta, and one as avada kapha. The avada kapha made more sense to me because kapha is oftentimes associated with people who have a hard time losing weight. And so when I've tried to follow the avada diet in the past, it just hasn't worked for me. So against the advice of some Ayurvedic experts, I decided to sort of use the kapha recommendations as far as grains go, which would be to use more dry grains, such as corn, for instance, uh, just a specific type of rice. Most rices would be out, and then a lot of your other grains would be far too heavy. So I did a lot of corn this month, which I don't typically do, but I did some like corn tortillas and corn chips and things like that in place of tapioca, for instance, which is not considered something that you should do on a kapha diet. And tapioca, you see in a lot of products these days as cassava, it's the same thing, in a lot of grain-free products. There's grain-free tortillas, grain-free chips that use cassava a lot. There's this really amazing pizza brand that's gluten-free called Against the Grain, and that's what they use as tapioca. And so I avoided that like the plague. And I did some rice, and then that's pretty much it. I made sure that I got a protein shake or two in every day so that I got enough protein. And I, I do protein after my weight training workouts anyway, but it didn't really matter if it was a vegan protein or if it was a whey protein. I did eggs and I did dairy, maybe too much cheese. At one point I started to break out, which is what happens to me when I get too much dairy. But so I got on the scale today and according to the scale, I've lost two pounds, which whoop de doo but it is a bit of a win because one thing, this is the first time I've been on any kind of vegan or vegetarian diet where I haven't been bloating heavily and where I haven't gained like five or 10 pounds. Like literally, usually I gain somewhere in that neighborhood and I wasn't counting calories. I just, uh, I, I probably ate way too many banana chips. Like I just, there's certain foods I just tend to crave at times and just like in spurts. But 
So it's been it's been an interesting month and there's no reason I shouldn't continue it. So I guess I will continue the vegetarian experiment through September. When you're a yoga instructor, you feel a certain pressure is not the right word, but you are certainly encouraged to follow a vegetarian or vegan diet. And so a lot of times when people think about yoga, they just think about warrior one, downward dog, or they just think about the moves of yoga. But yoga is huge. It's so much more than moves that are done off your mat. There's eight limbs to yoga. One limb being asana or the physical postures, one limb being meditation, one limb being yamas, one limb being niyamas. I won't go any further than that. But niyamas and yamas being two limbs are the ethics that are associated with yoga. And they build on each other. And the very first one is ahimsa, which means nonviolence. And it is most often interpreted to mean be a vegetarian, don't harm animals. Now, very early on in my yoga teacher career, I went to Yoga Journal live back when they had them. They don't even have them anymore, which is such a bummer. They're so good. But I went to one in San Francisco in January of 2016. And it was there that a lot of the philosophical aspects of yoga started to register for me and started to make sense. When you go through yoga teacher training, it's so much being thrown at you at once that you just kind of end up leave it with like this huge kind of blur. It's a very life-changing experience that you can't describe. Only people that have really gone through it can really understand. It's not at all what you expect. But a lot of us after the fact, like we need to go through it again. And we, we think we would get more and you probably would. But when I was at that conference over the course of, of those four days, I did pick up so much. And the very last day, that Monday, I was in a session on the chakras with Giselle Mari, who's a Jiva Mufti instructor, and she talks about ahimsa. And she said ahimsa doesn't just mean being a vegetarian or being vegan, even though Jiva Muktis are strict vegans. She says, you have to be kind to yourself first and foremost before you can be kind to other people, kind to animals. And so every time I would go on one of my vegan or vegetarian experiments, I would remind myself to be kind to myself because ultimately that was the entire point is that the only way to practice ahimsa was not just with your diet. In fact, some people feel very, very sick on a vegan diet and I've been a great example of that over the years. And so you have to find other ways to be able to practice ahimsa and that's not the only way. Like you can be a vegetarian and be a terrible person. Like what's the point of that? And so. I have yet though, I've, I've still had this desire to be able to eat this way, but it needs to be in a way that's healthy and for the right reasons. I didn't follow this diet in August in an attempt to trying to lose weight. In fact, it was quite the opposite. I was just kind of sick of counting calories, sick of following a diet. And I just like, I'm just going to do whatever I want for a month. And which usually, again, is a very, very bad combination for me. Usually that means that I'll gain five or eight pounds in a month and be kicking myself at the end of the month. But it was very freeing and it allows me to see that maybe everything doesn't have to be so structured. 
Now, obviously I had to put some parameters into that and I will continue to tweak it, no doubt. One of my yoga students who does nutritional consultations recommended to me a book called uh, Bright Line Eating. She didn't really recommend it to me. I asked her about it and she had good things to say about it because she's doing a group on it at the time. And she encouraged me to go on the website and sort of take the test, which is basically a food addiction kind of test. And I got a 10. The maximum score is a 10. <laughs> and so the next the next day I saw her in class, I told her that I took the test and I got a 10. And she said, oh, let me, I just want to give you a hug. <laughs> and I was like, oh boy, this is really bad. <laughs> And so I, I realized that there are certain parameters that I have to apply to whatever diet that I follow. Obviously, one being I'm gluten intolerant, so no matter whatever diet I follow, that has to be at the top. But there are certain foods that like sugar, like nuts, as I found, that I have to sort of take out of the diet for me. Just like I talked about several podcast episodes ago about there's some foods you just you just can't eat. Like you just have to take them out of your diet. Like you're just so addicted to them. And this book, Bright Light Eating, which I've just started and I hope to, if it's good, I'll certainly hope to do a podcast on it. But her thought process is if you are very addicted to those foods, these are not foods that you're going to add back in your diet at a later date. These are just foods that you're going to have to always, always pretty much keep out of your diet. And so that being sugar, Another one kind of being flour. And so, which I haven't really done flour in this past month. I, I know that things like bread and things like that, I, I pretty much have to stay away from. But it's it's kind of, it's it's been a good experiment for me to be able to have this positive experience on a vegetarian diet. My very first time that I was on a vegetarian diet was when I was 12 years old. So we're going back to that, that 12 year old me getting on the scale and feeling like she's gotta be on a diet. So I decided to be a vegetarian. And I think I read about it in one of the magazines we had at our health food store at the time and decided that that was a good way for me to lose weight. What that ultimately turned into was an eating disorder. But the, the idea was there to try to lose weight. So I never really became a vegetarian at that point in my life because I was all pro animal cruel, you know, or against animal cruelty. And this is why I'm doing this. It was really to try to lose weight. And fast forward to 2005, when I got on PETA and watched these horrible videos about like the chickens and the cows, and I didn't eat meat for months after that. And, and that was more of a fear or more of a, a shock approach. And then with the many times that I've tried it since becoming a yoga instructor, it's almost out of a guilt. But the in August, I did it because I wanted to. And there was no pressure from outside sources. If I decided at 12 days in I wanted to eat chicken, who cared? I didn't, but... There was no pressure and I kind of liked it. So I'm going to do it again in September. Again, I'll continue to tweak it because I am trying to lose weight here and two pounds is, is going to take me a very long time to get me where I want to be. But after the past couple months that I've had when I haven't lost 
any weight or even gained weight, it's at least a step in the right direction. And so this is not about advocating for vegetarianism or veganism, but it is about kind of letting ourselves free from the bondage that a diet creates for us. They have a purpose, but I think we should use it as a guideline, as a way to educate ourselves, but not feel so restricted by it that we stress ourselves out and ultimately fail because we feel so stuck like we have chains around us and it's not a good feeling it certainly doesn't lead to success our motivations are interesting they vary so much for all of us we have different reasons for any diet that we're on so whatever that motivation may be is it enough to sustain you Are you having results with it? Is it really what you want to do? Just like we wouldn't want to be in a job that we hate. Who wants to follow a diet we don't like? And that's not permission to go eat junk food. No, it's not. But just finding a way to have some freedom within this huge web of dieting. Maybe a chance for us to get off of that rat wheel and step onto something a little different. So that was my vegetarian experiment. We'll see how much longer it goes. You can find me on Instagram at Kimmy2Shoes or email thisdietlife at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.